Well, good morning to you all today. My name is Will, and I'm the youth and college pastor. And today is a special day in, in uh, my life and in the life of our church because it's Youth Confirmation Sunday. And, uh, and so could I, if you're getting confirmed today, if you're one of these youth, could you just wave so I can see you? We've got a few here. Great. Wonderful. Well, this, this is going to be, you know, it's kind of like a wedding homily, you know, where the, the, the sermon is to, you know, them, but it's for all of you. So, so track along, guys. It's to the students, but it's for all of us. And what I wanted us to, to think about this morning is what is confirmation? What's happening in this sacrament? And so the word confirmation, it comes from this word that means strengthening. So in confirmation, we're asking the Lord that, that he would strengthen these students in the Holy Spirit, in the power of the Holy Spirit. And so, yes, it's about these students here today confirming, yes, I want to take hold of the promises that were, that were prayed over me when I was baptized for many of them many years ago. So it is about them confirming that, but even more, it's about what God is doing to confirm them, to strengthen them in the Holy Spirit for the calling that they've been given. And students, we truly believe that as Bishop Stewart lays his hands on you, that you will receive this gift of strengthening for your vocation, for your calling in the Lord. And students, you might feel different after this prayer, and you might not. But either way, we trust that these prayers will be answered in your life. Students, you are embarking on a great adventure. To follow Jesus is to take up a life of adventure. It means that you never quite know what's coming around the bend because you're not just asking, what do I want to do with my life? But you're asking, Lord, what do you want me to do with my life? It means that you're part of something much bigger than yourself because you are part of a story of how God is healing and redeeming this world through his son, Jesus. And it means that you are direct spiritual descendant of some incredible men and women like Abraham and Sarah and Moses and Miriam, Ruth and Boaz, David and Deborah. Those are your spiritual grandparents. And these are the kind of things that great stories, stories that we love, are made of. So some of you have read the Chronicles of Narnia. I mean, didn't that speak to you? Haven't you dreamed that your little life could be part of some great battle between good and evil? Well, today, you are stepping through the wardrobe. Some of you have read Harry Potter. I mean, haven't you ever wished that you would get this letter in the mail saying you're not just an ordinary kid, but since the day you were born, you have been part of a story much bigger than yourself? Well, today, you are standing on platform nine and three quarters. You're getting on that train. And in, in many of these great stories, and there are others, we could talk about Peter Parker becoming Spider-Man or Frodo being given the ring. In many of these stories, the characters are young, and they're unsure of themselves, as you might be unsure of yourself. And there are three questions that often come up in their journey. Why me? Like, how did I get here? Why me? Do I really have what it takes? And what do I do now? 
And so those, those are the three questions I want us to look at as we look at Paul's second letter to Timothy. So 2 Timothy chapter 1. I don't know what page that's on in your Bibles, but I, I do encourage all of you to look there. It's this, this little letter almost at the very tail end of your Bible, right before Revelation. So let's start with this first question. Because I think Timothy, young Timothy, is asking some of these questions too. Why me? How did I get here? In your life, you'll ask this question, especially in moments where following Jesus is not easy. Following Jesus could cost you friendships at times. It could cost you popularity. It could cost you money. In those moments, you'll wonder, how did I get here? How did this become my life? And the first answer that might come to your mind is, because that's what my parents believed. That's how they raised me. And that might sound like not such a good thing, but I want to tell you it is a good thing. It is a good thing. This is true for Timothy as well. You can look at verse 5. Paul writes, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, Timothy, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother, Lois, and your mother, Eunice. Hey, by the way, happy Mother's Day. <laughs> I'm reminded of a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother, passed down to your mother, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. Timothy believed in part because his mother and his grandmother believed. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. You might think, there might be this voice in your head that says, well, that's not good enough, you know, because it's important for me to choose, you know, what I want and not someone else to choose for you. And you, you could think back to this moment today when you did make a choice. You did make a choice to be confirmed, to be strengthened in the Holy Spirit. But you could also remember some of those fictional heroes that I talked about. They didn't choose to become heroes. It was chosen for them. Frodo, he didn't want to leave the Shire, but he was given the ring. And Peter Parker didn't ask to be bitten by a radioactive spider. And no one told Lucy or Edward to stay out of the wardrobe. Many of the most important things in our life we had no say in. We didn't make any choice. That's not a bad thing. It's a good thing to be given the gift of faith through your family. This is actually the way that it's supposed to work. Look at verse 9. God saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. When you ask, why me? Part of the answer is because this is what your parents decided to give you, this heritage. But the bigger answer is because God chose to use them in precisely this way. The bigger answer is that God chose to give you the gift of faith before the world even began. He chose to do it through Jesus. Why me? Because God has called you. Let's move to our second question. Do I have what it takes? Every superhero asks this question. From Iron Man to Captain America, do I really have what it takes? Or did someone make a mistake? And I think Timothy was wondering something like that too. He's receiving this letter from his mentor, Paul, his father in the faith. It's clear that, that Timothy's dad wasn't, 
didn't play this role in his life. And Timothy has watched as Paul has been thrown into prison, as he's been beaten, as he's suffered for his faith. And it seems clear that this experience of seeing all of that happen to his mentor, that this has rattled Timothy, which is why Paul spends so much time encouraging him here. Paul says in verse 8, Do not be ashamed, but share in suffering for the gospel. Now, this is important. By the power of God. Share in suffering by the power of God. Not by Timothy's own power. Not by anything in himself, but by the power of God. Look at verse 13. Follow the pattern of the sound words you have heard from me and the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. By the Holy Spirit who dwells within us. Paul reminds him that the same Spirit dwells in both of them. By the Holy Spirit who dwells in us, guard the good deposit entrusted to you. Do do I have what it takes? In one sense, no, but in another sense, the more important sense, yes. Yes, you do have what it takes by the power of God, by the Holy Spirit, a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. That is the theme of this passage. Not you can do anything you put your mind to, not work hard and you'll achieve, but rather by the Holy Spirit, you can do the works that God has prepared in advance for you to do. You may doubt yourself, but never doubt the Spirit inside of you, the Spirit given to you. Dream big dreams for God. Never put a limit on what He can do through you. Finally, what do I do now? And that's the big question. Okay, Will, you tell me I'm part of this great adventure. Well, what next? Here's Paul's answer. Look at verse 6. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. What do I do now? Fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you. The Holy Spirit. This is important. You see, in these previous two questions, God is the one. He's the one doing the heavy lifting. He's the one who called you before time began. He's the one who empowers you by the Holy Spirit so that through him you really do have what it takes, and he'll help you with this one too, but you have to want it. Fan into flame the gift of God which is in you. And all of us can even consider these words are for us too. What's that flame like within you right now? Is it a steady going fireplace? Is it a bonfire? Or is it just a little candle kind of flickering in the breeze? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. All you have to do is fan it, and God will do the rest. When I think about this, I think about uh, years ago, I worked at a summer camp. And, and it was my task that day to build, you know, this large, like, honeycomb fire. So we put these logs, and we stacked them up, you know, about as tall as I am, which isn't very tall, but to me it's tall. So we stack up these logs, and as I was beginning that day, it was this incredibly hot day. And, and some of the logs were still, they were still warm from the night before, from the fire that we had had. But they were just warm. I mean, I could pick them up. They weren't hot. 
you know? And so I said, oh, we'll, we'll reuse these. And so I stacked those at the bottom, and I built up this whole honeycomb fire, and I came back an hour later, and this roaring bonfire was blazing. All of my work was just going up in glory for only me to see. Okay, what's, what's the point of that? It just took a little breeze. It didn't take much. It just took a little breeze fan, you know, for this, for this fire to become a roaring, roaring fire. And the same is true for you. Fan into flame the gift of God. You do that by committing yourself to following Jesus, not just today, but every day through the friends that you choose to reveal the, the deep parts of your heart to, through, through worship and prayer and singing, what we do here week after week, through Bible study on your own, through doing hard things like even obeying your parents when it's hard and talking to them when you don't understand what they're saying to you. You fan this gift into flame when you love people that it's hard to love. Believe me, if you do those things, this, this flame in your heart, it won't stay warm. It will get hot. So why me? Because God called you. And do I have what it takes? Yes, through the Holy Spirit. And what do I do now? What's my task? Fan into flame the gift of God. And here's the last thing I'll say to you that just like Paul was there for Timothy, here's what I want you to know too. This church, and not just this church, but the church, capital C, the church is with you every step of the way.